Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you here, 1450, the Sports Buzz. We're trying out something new today. We've got some new technology, new headset. Hopefully, it sounds better. Hopefully, it sounds more professional. And hopefully you're able to tune in at work or from home or your car, wherever you may be listening, and make it an overall better experience for you. We have a, it's going to be a jam-packed show. We're going to have Rob Doster on from NBC Sports. Generally have him on on Tuesdays, uh, but given the news of last week, we had to get him on today to be able to talk about it. He also wanted to come on today. Uh, That's how big of a, uh, this Louisville story has become, where national analysts are looking for platforms to be able to talk about their opinion. So we'll let Rob Doster do that today here on 1450, the sports buzz and Trevor, we're one of the rare shows where we were actually able to talk about this in some length last week. Now, when we did talk about it, we didn't know any of the details. Uh, The details were coming out while our show was coming on and we weren't really able to formulate. we, We were able to kind of pick and choose some opinions and have some initial thoughts, but we weren't able to let it marinate. We weren't able to read the book. The book's now out. I have read, I would say, 70, 60% of it. I, I kind of skipped around on parts of her background and her past. Uh, she has a troubled past and a troubled background. Not shocking. But kind of skimmed around on those parts, read everything that had to do with the University of Louisville. Trevor, I know you told me today that you haven't read the book, but you are you know what the book says. You've you've read all the quick hitters. You've seen all the pictures uh, that are associated with Louisville. So now I feel like we're able to talk about it from a, a much better place than where we were Friday when literally we were reading tweets and stories and quotes while they were coming out. And then... 30 minutes after my show ended, Rick Pitino and Tom Jurich made statements, talked to the media on Friday. So we're in a much better place to speak on this subject now. Trevor, do you feel better? Do you feel worse? Where Where's your head out here? You're the Louisville guy. Where, how you feeling? I actually feel, and yeah, I agree. Friday, we were almost as if looking at this story through a peephole as it was first revealed and as the day got on and the days came you know, forward. That hole got a lot larger, and we were able to see a little more information, more information each and every minute. So, but we, but we were fortunate to be able to be uh, talk about it as much as we did on Friday, opposed to shows that you know occurred in the afternoon and that daytime, and had to wait all weekend and stew on it. Uh, but I didn't read the book. I, I'm, I'm not going to buy the book. I, I have a philosophy. I'm not going to give my money to an escort, and all I'm getting is a book out of it. So I'm not doing that. But I have seen enough. I'm surprised you didn't read the whole thing. I thought it was, if I'm not mistaken, it's only just a couple hundred pages, is it not? It's it's a it's just literally a little bit over a hundred pages. Yeah, it's like a pamphlet, basically. Plus, no, it, yeah, <laughs> it, it was a it was a quick read, and uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I was reading some of this. I, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this. I was reading some of this at the bar on Friday night. <laughs> well, some of it, not all of it. I saved some for Saturday, well, but good, some good. of it. You want you don't want to you want to you know go in all the way and, and not have anything to do over the weekend and by reading a book. But <laughs> the original question, I actually I don't feel I'm I'm not as nervous as I was Friday. As more information's come out, I know it's not the most you know flattering information towards University of Louisville. But I said this on Friday, and I still kind of 
stick to it a little bit. Louisville can still deny almost a lot of things. Yes, there's pictures, and I haven't seen all the pictures, but I've seen the description of them. There's her journal, which, I mean, can you can confirm whether that's true or have, you know how much of the journal is she wrote when the things were occurring or when it wasn't. Clearly, this is a woman who had all intentions from the start to come out and do this to Louisville and, or do this and attempt to uh, get money in some way, whether it be blackmail or through publications. Otherwise, you don't keep a journal. Listen, when, you, when you're in that type of line of business, you normally don't keep a day-to-day transaction journal of everything you do because, well, that's what we call evidence in, in, in real life in her line of business. So, obviously, she had intentions of wanting to expose Louisville for whatever connections she's had, whether it be to Andre McGee or the university itself. But, but because until I can see proof that they can show University of Louisville was knew about it, and, and to me, the only way they can prove without a shadow of a doubt they knew about it is if there is a money trail connected. And I don't yet to see anything out of this book that, that shows that. Yes, so clearly that she was has acquaintances with Andre McGee. Clearly she had her and her daughters have been to Minority Hall and have met numerous Louisville players and, and possibly recruits as well. But that doesn't still mean that Louisville knew about it. Louisville now, you can speculate all you want and you can assume all you want. But you have to, you can, you know, assume in one hand and have proof in the other, and, and we know which one's going to prevail. And the NCAA, while they're not a court of law and don't need exact proof, and they don't mind a little circumstantial evidence to move forward on something, um, unlike you know, mostly even in some even though in some cases it's not as true, but the NCAA does have a tendency of flipping over their own two feet. I mean, the Miami case was literally handed to them, and they still screwed that up. Yeah, well, and here's the thing. Everybody needs to be patient with this. It's going to drag on for a while. Somebody was asking me the other day when I thought we're going to learn more. We'll learn more piece by piece as it goes on. Now, I think by January, we'll have a better picture of how things are looking, but it might not even be until next August or July before we have anything official from the NCAA or maybe a ruling or maybe saying Louisville, uh, it turns out this is – this wasn't as tr- there were only a few true pieces to this, and Louisville can move on without any penalty. It's going to be a while now. I, I think, in, and that like in I itself said, is a punishment, TJ. I mean, that, even if they don't punish Louisville in the end, the fact that they keep them in limbo for maybe six months is punishment enough because other coaches can use that against them. Well, it's not punishment enough, but I understand what you're saying. You're not wrong about that. UNC is going through this right now. Now, the thing about UNC is the facts are actually there. Yeah. They they know exactly what they did wrong. They have players testifying against UNC. You have academic advisors testifying against UNC. They actually have the facts there. But you're right. Nothing official has happened with UNC. And this has been going on for well over a year now. But... You haven't heard from the NCAA and other coaches are recruiting against UNC in that respect. It is making my head hurt hearing all these hot takes on this situation. And and it's really just two sides. It is Louisville fans or Louisville media personalities saying, well, she you can't trust a word she's saying. Look at this. Look at that. There's no facts there. This is stupid. They're just trying to get money. She's a prostitute. That's all they care about. Rick Pitino would never do anything like this. First of all, I and hate then, when people try uh, to dismiss that by just by by destroying the credibility. Steve Romines on our on our TV show last night said a good point. He goes, "You want to know? Yeah, you maybe can't. You can point out. Well, she's a prostitute. You can't. You can't believe what she says. Well, what are you going to believe a church lady? Guess what? Church ladies don't take their clothes off for money." <laughs> and then on the flip side of that, you have 
the the UK fans, UK personalities, and and also other rival fan bases. IU has been thrown into this, and I, I can tell you why they've been thrown into this. Uh, but even you have IU, some IU fans saying Louisville's done. This will be the end of Rick Pitino at Louisville. This could be the end of Tom Jurich if they don't do anything about this, and they uh, they should shut down their athletic program because they have no morals. The facts are there. This is night and day. They did something wrong. It's it's okay to be in the middle, and that's what I'm going to do on the show today. It's okay to pick at both sides, and it's okay to tell those Louisville fans, if you're not worried about this or you think everything's going to be okay or you're completely dismissing her, then you're idiotic. You are. Because there is a while there isn't cold, hard facts in her reports, there are so many things, Trevor, that will take two seconds to figure out. Two seconds. Mostly one, just timelines. One, can you verify the text message with Andre McGee? Do, can you, and that's very easy to prove, especially if you listen to Serial. I kind of wish you'd play the Serial music for me <laughs> while, while I went over this. But uh, that would be very easy to prove. Those are phone records. You can get those. If she's actually texting him and those texts that she sent screenshots of were from him, okay, then that's, that's eye-opening. That's probably all the – and the NCAA supposedly has already started asking people questions about this. They've already started looking in on it, although they won't officially comment on that. But that would be one. Two, she specifically says the room that Antonio Blinkney was staying in in the NBC Suites. And I, I know I think I her Antonio Blinkney's mom said they didn't stay at the NBC Suites or something along those lines. But that would be easy to prove one way or the other. Look, go Call the NBC Suites. They have a record of everybody that stayed there when they stayed there, who paid for the stay, and it was official visits, or Louisville should pay for that stay, and see if Antonio Blakeney stayed in that room. And guess what? If he did, even if he did, that's not the end of the road for... for <laughs> that's not the end. <laughs> yeah, perfect, perfect. I was hoping this is the right one. I went into it blindly. Keep going. We'll take you into a mystery about <laughs> the NBC Suites in Louisville, Kentucky. Here you have prostitutes meeting with young men underage. And their guardians also having sex. Good timing on a, that one. This is a sports talker, TJ Walker. But in all seriousness, that was fantastic. In all seriousness, that is easy to prove. If he stayed in that room, again, that doesn't mean that Antonio Blakeney had sex with a prostitute. But it shows that this, it shows that Miss Pal Katina knows what knows exactly what she was talking about. And, and she's can, not lying about that. And that confirms her relationship with Andre McGee, but in no way confirms whether University of Louisville was supporting Andre's acquaintances with her and the information he gave to her involving recruits or her daughters and meeting other people. I mean, that, that's the thing. For Andre, Andre's in deep trouble. I feel bad for Andre. He's, he's going to be the one that's going to get the, the brunt of a lot of the punishment when it does, I think, come down. But otherwise, I mean, Louisville can still deny. I mean, Louisville, just because... Even if there's pictures of, the, of of her and girls in Minority Hall, which I, I like I said, I haven't seen the pictures, but so from what I've read, it does appear that they are there with numerous Louisville players, former and in, in, former players, and even in some cases, I guess, current players. That's still no proof that Louisville knew they were there. I mean, you can't prove that. Now, in the court of public opinion, and you know, we, we cannot. Everyone's quick to judgment. As soon as you hear something bad, everybody assumes they're automatically guilty. You'll go back to Chris Jones's case earlier in the year. You know, where automatically he was, you know, oh, he's he's an evil person, blah, 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 and it turns out he's innocent, he's acquitted, whatever it may be. You know, and that's the, the only thing that's the problem with it is that 
people want to automatically assume the worst and automatically stamp someone guilty, but unless you can officially prove Louisville knew about it, and I don't know, and according to this book, from what I've read, there's no actual hardcore proof they can connect Louisville to Andre McGee, knowing knowing that Andre McGee was giving her money for this this privileges. But here's the thing, and, and with the Antonio Blakeney stuff, that's the that's the weird thing about it because why would Andre McGee still care at that point? Yeah, it's, at yeah. that point he might as well just be a booster doing something wrong. And if that's the, if if you're Louisville, you almost wish it was just something about a booster doing something wrong to begin with, because then you can just cut him completely away from the program and say, you're out of here. So the stuff with Antonio Blankney that is mentioned by name in the book, along with a few other guys, but the stuff that is mentioned with Blankney and Andre McGee, that he wasn't associated with U of L at that point. It's still illegal what happened or what she is accusing happened. And she's got the money receipts and this and that, but that would be regarding what McGee did towards the bottom. Now, the big issue, Trevor, and I know you're saying everything's going to be put on McGee, and it will, but he was the director of basketball operations. That's really fourth in line when it comes to the U of L basketball staff. Well, that means the director is still ahead of you. But then, nah. Well, the, the three paid assistant coaches, because you're yeah. only allowed to have three. Exactly. But then you've got director of basketball ops, and that guy should not be doing any of that. He And I, I think it was, was it Patino that said he wasn't in charge of recruiting. Yes, you're right. He probably shouldn't be in charge of recruiting. And I I know from other programs, the director of basketball operations isn't in charge of recruiting. Uh, They, you know, they may say, hey, to recruit when they're on campus, but he should never be in a position where he is alone with the recruits and in charge of their entertainment. Now, I will will say this for Lobo, though, that's that would be if now this is obviously if I was a mastermind and trying to do this and I'm University of Lobo and I'm not saying they're connected, but. That would be the perfect reason why you have Andre McGee handling this because he is not affiliated with recruiting, and it's kind of a fault. But they, they, they maybe that that was kind of in their mindset when they were setting things up, going, "Okay, we're not going to have somebody re- with that handles our recruiting to work this middle connection with what we want. We'll give it to Andre McGee, who is not affiliated recruiting. Then why would you accuse someone not affiliated recruiting for doing this? But as far as I know, I mean, and, and with Blakeney, him not being affiliated Blakeney, so I don't know how that would in some way would peer that, but. I mean, how much of it can be connected to McGee when he was actually a member of university's employment? Because he's been gone for two years. But what's your? But if he's still doing that when he was director of basketball operations, that's all that matters. If he when he was still director of basketball operations, but I mean, again, you still can't prove Louisville knew he was that he was doing it. They can still deny it. Okay, and and that's fine that you can deny that, and you can. And I, but I guess but that falls you're going to get hit with lack of institutional yeah. control. But that's because not- you have you have fourth in charge doing all this, and you're telling, and, and again, and, and this is, seems to be a, a real big topic on whether or not Rick Pitino knows or doesn't know. And everybody's allowed to have their own opinion. I know some people that say there's no way that he couldn't know what was going on with that program. And then you have Miss Powell saying she asked Andre McGee, "Does Rick Pitino know this is going on?" and the exact quote was Anya McGee laughed and said, Rick Pitino knows about everything that goes on. And you've, you've got some Kentucky fans that are believing that quote and saying he does know. Uh, I don't know one way or the other if he knew about it. My guess would be he probably did not know. I can't imagine a situation where Rick Pitino knew this was going on and didn't stop it. I'm not saying didn't make it public, but didn't talk to Andre McGee, fire Andre McGee. 
and tell him, hey, this is uh, enough's enough. You, you're mm-hmm. cutting this out, Maybe or else. That's you're... what led to McGee leaving and following uh, as a Keats over to Missouri, Kansas City. That's what led him to say, okay, maybe you should go with uh, him over there instead two years ago when he did find out. Well, but he actually got a real assistant role. There, I heard some people saying that he was making around thirty to $40,000 as director of basketball operations. I, I don't know if he's – I doubt he's making much more of that as University of Missouri-Kansas City assistant coach. But at that, he's actually getting – paid as a real assistant coach yeah. here he was just a basketball staffer so maybe it was, maybe it was a pay raise maybe that's why he left or maybe that rick patino did find out and that's exactly what he did do you could be right about that trevor but i don't think it rick patino knew and was okay with what was going on uh without making some changes and then again why would andre mcgee be talking to antonio blakeney after leaving louisville if rick patino told him to stop right. at that point i don't think if rick patino found out about that even on friday when he made comments, they had nothing but good things to say about Andre McGee then. But if that's the case, I don't think if Rick Pitino finds that out to be true, I don't think he's saying very nice things about Andre McGee. But he he did that anyways. So even if they get the lack of cons- on the, the control thing, uh, whatever it's called, I forget. But even if they get that, I mean, does that constitute Pitino having his job on the hot seat? And that's the only charge they can come up with. I, I'm, I'm going to have to say no. To get Patino on the hot seat? Yes. Because I know that's, to, that's the Kentucky fans want to see more than anything. Is, oh, this I don't is think that's true. Patino. This is going to ruin – Patino's gone. This I don't, is, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. I, I on I, being somebody that covers Kentucky and leans Kentucky, think it's sad that Patino's getting caught up in this. Now he's had two major scandals in his basketball career when he has just been one of the better coaches that you're going to see all time. Yeah, but the first one was a personal scandal. It had nothing to do with the university really well. Nobody I, said it did have anything to do know. with him, but it's something that he had to deal with, and it was his sure. own mistake. And he bounced back from that, and he bounced back from it in a big way when yeah. it when people close to him said that that was the darkest time of his life, which I could imagine so. But he bounces back, leads Louisville to a championship, has an unbelievable th- three-year run, and is winning without superior talent, uh, you could make a case that he's in his coaching prime right now. I'm and for him sure. to have to, when with him to have to deal with this is sad. And I know a lot of Kentucky fans, there are plenty that, one, agree with you, Trevor, and they want to see him fall and crash and burn. But there are also Kentucky fans that think that the same way I do, you've got this, Patino's getting older. He did do a lot for the University of Kentucky. And now he's having to deal with another scandal at the University of Louisville. It is it is sad. So I don't know if he knew. I'm guessing he did not. But we'll find out. I thought his comments on Friday were very strange. I think he definitely knows something now. Or he realizes that Louisville may, may have done some wrongdoing. Which is okay. I'm going to be very curious over the next few weeks or maybe the next few months to find out if Louisville owns up to any of it. Because they're going to go one of two ways about this. And, and they're having their own personal investigation, supposedly. They're going to come back from that, and they're going to say, you know what, we did a few things wrong. We've talked to the NCAA about what we did wrong. We're tying those issues up, and we're going to wait back to hear from the NCAA how serious they think those those incidents were. Or they will come back, show their muscle, and say, no, we didn't do anything wrong. We had our own personal investigation. Nothing she said adds up with anything that anybody else had to say. If there was anything wrong, we'd take care of it. We would address it. We'd want to be better. But we didn't find anything wrong with it. And we'll 
we'll take the NCAA head on here. If they if they find something that we didn't, then we'll work with them. But we believe we're innocent. Uh, it's gonna be one. Of, it's gonna be one of those two things. It's almost inevitable that Louisville doesn't leave away from with no scratches from the NCAA. In this. I mean, even if even if they can't be connected, like I said, the fact that that the lack of control thing is so vague that I mean, the fact that that, that the Andre McGee text and having the the women in Minority Hall alone or in Blakeney's situation is enough to probably get them even some scratches from the NCAA in the long run. Now, obviously, wouldn't be. I'm not saying probation or anything like that, but I could see some kind of punishment, a little a light punishment. And that's almost inevitable, I think. And let me. Uh, that's another thing that a lot of people are having hot takes on. These pictures with the Louisville athletes. Now, the Louisville side of things. Oh, these athletes take pictures all the time. Just because they took some pictures with these girls. Look how uncomfortable they look. There's no intimacy (laughs) there. And then you've got the UK fans saying, oh, these are pictures two seconds before they went back in that bedroom and banged one out, Trevor. Anyway, you can assume all you want, but you you can't prove that. So, but you also can't assume that it's just an innocent picture with another fan. Exactly. How many... How many pictures do you do you see of girls inside dorm rooms? Uh, of players, not too often. Not too often. No. Now, but the pictures some... aren't the pictures that I have seen aren't that bad. I mean, they're nothing that you wouldn't see on Instagram. And that's another. Anyway. That's another thing. That's that's another thing. They're not too bad. And I do agree with the points that uh, Miss Powell would have a a much more damning argument if she had pictures of her girls stripping with dollar <laughs> bills flying, and you've got people in the background. Wait, but you also have to you also. Rain. You also have to put herself in her position where she obviously at some point, maybe it was a year ago, maybe it was two years ago, maybe it was three years ago, she knew she wanted to bring down L, and she wanted to try to find ways to have the evidence pile up against them. But it would also become obvious that she'd be doing that if she was just taking pictures of her daughters having sex with athletes, which is a hard sentence to say to begin with, but that's a completely different story. Well, I don't think she has the, the morals is not the moral compass on her is is, is not the most uh, high. No, it, it's it, it's not. But for people saying, well, she could have had a lot worse pictures if all this is true. But she also was probably trying to protect herself, knowing that one mistake would tip off somebody to say, hey, she might be she might be stacking things against us she might be telling people about what's going on and then her entire case would be dropped just right then and there so just the because the fact she doesn't have pictures of her daughter stripping doesn't necessarily mean to me that this isn't true and just because these pictures are innocent or they look innocent for the most part also doesn't mean to me that they are completely innocent you don't get that close you don't get in players dorm rooms that easy you don't get inside the dorm building that easy. So there is some relationship here. Now, that's not an NCAA violation. It's not illegal. Well, it's illegal to have sex with... <laughs> well, but uh, the with, pictures with, don't... With, with under, it's, it's illegal to have sex with underage people, and it's illegal to pay for sex, but... Not in Nevada. But you can ask a lot of college athletes, Trevor, having sex is not illegal. No. A lot, shockingly, a lot of college athletes do it, and a lot of them don't have to pay for it. With the exception of you, unless you go to BYU and your name's Brian Davis. That's true. We need to head to commercial break. We're going to have we're, we've got a jam, we're gonna have Rob Doster on. We've got a jam-packed show. I can't believe we've already gone 27 minutes without hitting our first break. But we're going to have Rob Doster on of NBC Sports when we come back to talk more about this. I know he's been chomping at the bit to, to speak his piece. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. my life 24 and there's so much more 
Live alone in a paradise that makes me think of two. Love lost such a cost. Give me things that don't get lost, like a coin that won't get tossed. Rolling home to you. Here, 1450 the sports buzz Trevor that didn't sound like T Pains was it uh, it's uh, listed as uh, it might not be I, I just I just put in radio version so, okay uh, T Pains original version has a little too many uh, words that we can't say on the radio but I mean I don't know what's T Pain really sound like I mean he's so automated in his voice I mean do we even know what he well, that that didn't sound automated enough. That's the only reason I asked. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's I, I, automated enough. <laughs> I, I like the intro music for friend of the show, Rob Doster from NBC Sports. Rob, how's it going? It's going well, man. And believe it or not, like T Pain can really, really, really sing. Like I know he's auto tuning all his music, and people make jokes about it. But if you go out and you and you, there's a YouTube video of him singing. Like, oh man, I forget the song. But he, man, he can sing. I, I'm, I don't know if I'm buying that. Yeah. I, I, no, I, I, you can look it up. I'll, hey, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, As soon as I get off the phone here, I will find a video, and I will send it to you, and you guys will be like, oh, my God. Rob was even more right about T-Pain than he was about Terrence Jones. <laughs> uh, you weren't. You still aren't right about Terrence Jones. You'll come around on that eventually, someday, maybe when you when you grow wiser in your years. But I want to hear if you're right. <laughs> I want to hear if you're right about this Louisville sex scandal that broke on Friday. Not so much if you were right about it, but I want to hear your opinion and, and see which side of the fence you're leaning on here. What was your initial reaction when you found out all this on Friday? <laughs> um, I, I guess probably, like, OMG WTF was kind of like my first reaction. Like, wow, this is, wait, what? What? He did what? Who? When? Daughters? What? Um... My, here, uh, my biggest thing is this, is I do not believe that Rick Pitino had any idea that this was happening. I do not believe that he would have condoned a member of his staff paying a woman to get her daughters, who may or may not have been of age, to perform and provide services for recruits who may or may not have been 18 years old. I, I, look, I refuse to believe that Patino had any idea that this was going on. Did he know that, like, when you have recruits on campus for an official visit, you might go out and you might party, you know, like any other teenage kid does when he's out at night, he might go out and have a couple drinks or, you know, try to make a nice little lady friend for the night? Probably. I mean, uh, you don't want to know about that, but you know kind of what's happening. I, but I refuse to believe that he knew what the extent of this situation was. Uh, if you're asking me, I believe most of what this woman is saying, there are parts of her story that are, like really don't make sense. Like I, I've never honestly heard of a virus deleting all of the text messages, text messages from a cell phone. Like I'm not going to sit here and claim to be a tech expert, 
but I've never heard of that happening. So maybe that's true. Maybe it happens. I don't know. Um, she doesn't have any like real incriminating pictures. She has pictures that look like Montrez Harrell ran into a fan in a hallway and offered to take a picture with him for Instagram. But she doesn't have any pictures of like Montrez Harrell throwing handfuls of money at strippers or anything like that. She, so there's no real, real incriminating evidence. She has a lot of details. There's a lot of circumstantial stuff in there. Um, I, I, I think she's more truthful than lying in this story, but like there's so much going on in there that I don't know what exactly is true, what's not true. It just, the whole thing's a mess. All right, let's, so play, let, to, let's play hypotheticals here because that's a safe thing to do when you're in the journalism business. You've got everything that she said. What if it turns out the text messages with Andre McGee are true? There were meetings. There were there was some cash ex- exchange between her and Andre McGee. We don't know where that cash came from. Just that in itself, what do you think the NCAA does? Well, I think it's going to depend on like where that money came from and you know whether or not they can actually prove that that cash was exchanged for the services that she is saying that they were provided. And, and, and there's a way that they can do this, and it's actually pretty simple. You can go out and you can find players that had gone on official visits to Louisville that were named in this book, Antonio Blakeney, Jaquan Lyle. Um, go out and say, hey, look, we are going to rule you ineligible while we investigate whether or not you were given um, impermissible benefits on our recruiting visits to Louisville, or we can give you immunity and you are going to tell us the truth of exactly what happened. But if we find out that you're lying, then we're going to slam you with um, a, a year and a half suspension or something like that. So that's what they could end up doing. And I'm sure they've already started doing that. Like, there are already reports out there that Antonio Blakeney has spoken with the NCAA. And I'm sure what they've said is, hey, man, we're going to come down and hammer you if you find out that you lied to us. So, you know, I think it all depends on what the NCAA is actually able to prove happened and um i don't know what the timeline for that is but i think that they can probably come down pretty hard if you know let's say antonio blake and he said yeah they sent a stripper up to my room and she did this that and the third and i guess they paid her money and, and that's why i committed to like if he says that if well, he comes out and says that to investigators like man well, yeah, and and you're right about that. And a lot will fall into the hands of recruits, former, uh, maybe even current recruits, and past players. And, and Patino hasn't always had the best relationship with some of his former players. If people start talking, that's going to obviously kill Louisville's case. Now, if people stay quiet, that's one thing. But the NCAA, and we know how they work, do you think they could be in a position where they, and supposedly they've already talked with Blankney, I don't know if that's true or not, but do you think they could be in a position, or would it surprise you, if they went down to Baton Rouge, talked to Blankney and said, hey, uh, we don't want you to lie, but you are also under investigation here because you re- potentially received improper, improper benefits. If you tell us the truth, we will make things easier for you. Yeah, I think that's absolutely what they would do. I think that is their negotiating tactic, and the evidence I would provide is the, the SMU investigation. If you look at who got hammered in that investigation, it was the administrative assistant um, who did not participate and who did not talk to the NCAA and who lied. It was Larry Brown who was found to have lied to the NCAA. The guy that didn't get hit with anything was the assistant coach, Ulrich Maligi, who was the one that kind of set all this stuff in motion in the first place. Like, he didn't even get a show cause. 
he got fired by SMU when he was being investigated back in January, but when the NCAA, uh, when, when all this stuff came out last week, he wasn't even named. Like, he didn't, nothing happened. There were no more um, punishments for him. And my guess is that's because the NCAA was like, look, man, if you lie to us, we're coming after you. If you tell us the truth, and you already lost your job, so, you know, maybe we don't need to come down on you any harder. And I think that that is the way that they're going to try to, you know, get at this. At least if I was the NCAA and I didn't have subpoena power and I didn't have any way to punish people for lying to me, this is what I would do. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who talks and who doesn't talk. What happens to Andre McGee and all this? Obviously, he's been placed on administrative leave at Missouri, Kansas City. Does he ever coach again? Do you think Louisville just pins it all on him? And even if Louisville did do that, could they still get in trouble because he was director of basketball operations at the time? Uh, I think Louisville is going to try to pin it all on him. Um, I think that like, even if the NCAA pins everything on McGee and Louisville pins everything on McGee and the NCAA finds it that McGee was kind of you know, acting on his own, and this wasn't uh, something where Louisville was saying, hey, go out and get hookers for all of our recruits, and this was just McGee trying to be the man, trying to look cool in front of his boys, trying to get, you know, recruits to say, oh, yeah, Coach McGee was great for us, like, move his way up the ladder. It doesn't matter to me. I still think that, uh, like, uh, even if that is the case, the NCAA has to come down on Patino because all this stuff happened in his shop, and there's no more thing... There's no more plausible deniability when it comes to NCAA violations. You know, you can't be, it's not this Jim Calhoun thing where you can say, oh, it was my assistant. I had no idea. Assistant gets fired. Nothing happens to Jim Calhoun. We saw it with Bayhine. We saw it with Larry Brown. And if that's the case, we're going to see it with Patino as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting uh, to see how it all plays out. Did you read all the book? I don't remember if you said yet. Yes, I, I read the book. I, uh, well, I mean, if you can even call it a book, it's like 104 pages. And um, let's just say uh, Trevor Kelsey might be a better writer than Tina Powell is. <laughs> did, this, you did this guy win like a Pulitzer Surprise or something back in the 60s or, or whatever? He won well, no, the guy, well oh, here's the thing. The guy that won it is an investigative reporter. He's not like a guy that won it because he's a, a beautiful writer. So yeah. at least my take on it is that the publishing company hired this guy that won a Pulitzer as an investigative reporter to be like, look, we need you to go find out whether or not we can get sued if we publish this. And that's the thing. They, they hired him to try to see if all this crazy stuff that this woman was saying was true so that if a lawsuit ended up coming around, they should be like, yeah, we did our due diligence and we believe it all, that, that, that is true. So I think that that's what um, his name is on there for because it's like, if he's a journalist and he writes the way that the, the writing was in that book, like, man, people are worried about the state of journalism now. You just see what it was like back then. Well, at one point in the book for somebody's investigative, he would you think he would have looked up and found out that opposed to the way he described Andre McGee as a four-year starter at Louisville, he would have looked it up uh, and realized see, Trevor, like Trevor, Trevor, see, this is the Louisville side of things where you just nitpick every little detail and you want to say, well, if she can't even get that fact right, which – how it stands, he was a four-year starter. He did start in games all four years. Now, I get that that is a very misleading quote, but see, that's what I'm talking about. You can't nitpick at those little things and then want to poke holes at everything else she's saying. And maybe you're not doing that, but you're starting off how a lot of other Louisville media members are acting. 
Well, I, yeah, I, and, and look, no one's saying that she <laughs> got all of her facts right. Like, this, like let's, let's, let's remember the source here. This is a woman who was a hooker who hoed out her daughters who may or may not have been 18 years old. Think about that. That is the source of this. So if you want to nitpick every detail and, and, and think that you're basically going to get like a Pulitzer-worthy book out of this, like it's not going to happen. Look at the source. But that doesn't mean that everything she's saying is a lie. There might be some things in there that might not be true, but that does not mean that everything she says in there is a lie. Do you believe that she had a relationship with Andre McGee? Obviously, she did, yes. Trevor, right? Yes, I yeah. agree. I yeah, agree. she yeah. did. Do you believe that she brought these girls to parties where Louisville basketball players were? Yes. Do you believe that something happened at these parties? Yes, I hope so. Otherwise... Do, you believe that, do you believe that money changed hands? Like it's, it, it, None of this stuff is really all that far-fetched based on, like, the details that they've given us. Depends on, the, the big key here is whether or not this was Andre McGee trying to be Mr. Big Shot on campus or if this was something that was handed down from people that worked above him. And I don't believe that this was handed down from people that worked above him. Because, like, I mean, look, if we're going to be honest, if, if this was not, like, he's not exactly going to a high-quality escort service here, like, the way he found out about these girls was like some guy named Pink at his barber shop. That's what introduced him to these people. So, like, that was the first, that was his biggest mistake. Like, if we're being honest, his biggest mistake was going through an escort service where a woman was willing to pimp out her daughters. Like, she's not going to come for the money later on. You don't get that kind of class on Backpage.com. She was taking notes for four years, man. She took pictures of license plates. She took pictures of hotel room numbers. Like, she was in this for the money from the beginning. Well, obviously, if you're a prostitute, obviously, if you're a prostitute, you're going to be in it for the money, Rob. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying. It's like she had, she had dollar signs in her mind from the beginning, and it wasn't just $300 yeah. for going to a party and taking off her clothes. Speaking of the Pulitzer Prize winning author that we mentioned earlier, here's a quote from him. We did our homework. We did our job. We gathered the facts and sought, and sought to find the truth. And we believe the book itself is pretty convincing. If you look at the totality of it, I think a village idiot can see the truth. I'm also confident that once the dust settles, as they say, the truth will be reached. And I think the truth is that this book, I wouldn't have put my name on it if I didn't think that it was all true. So what does that tell you, Rob? I mean, if, if, if she, that's from the Pulitzer guy, right? Katie or whatever his name is? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, if he believes it, then I would probably lean towards believing that what she is writing is probably true. And, like, I, I think that what she's writing is true. Like, I don't think that, I think that the majority, there may, there may be some inaccuracies in there. Um, I'll concede that. And, like, I don't think that anybody uh, could, could read that and think otherwise just based on, like, who we're dealing with here. But I think that ma the majority of the facts in there are probably accurate. Yeah, I, I think the fact I, I think a lot of this happened, and I think a lot of it's true, and I think that Andre McGee is an idiot, and how much how much the hires up knew at U of L that he was doing this stuff, I don't know, but he made a big mistake. Now, with that being said, Louisville isn't going to wrap themselves out unless there are facts here to back it up. At the end of the day, Rob, do you think the NCAA finds enough to get Louisville in trouble? And what kind of punishments are we talking? Does the, does the title banner come down? Man, I don't know. For the record, I would by the way, CCNY took money from uh, 
bookies and shade points, and their title didn't even get vacated. <laughs> Thanks, Trevor. No yeah, um, <laughs> it, 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 it takes a lot. It, it, it takes saying. a lot to bring a ba- it takes a lot to bring a banner down. But if you find out that people may have been coming to Louisville because they could have sex with prostitutes for free. That may just be enough to, to bring a banner down. I'm just saying, look, look, but, look, Rob, look, look, I, look. I didn't okay, I ask okay, you the look, question. Let's settle down for a second, dude. People aren't going like, – this, this woman isn't who convinced people to go to Louisville. Like, they went to Louisville because everything they enjoyed everything there. And, oh, you know what? We had a great time on our visit. Like, I, I, the, what happened at the, uh, on these visits, what happened at those, in those dorm rooms, what happened in those parties, isn't all that different from what happens on, like, probably 99% of official visits. It's just the, the issue is that this was a transaction, that money changed hands. Instead of calling up the girls that they knew liked basketball players, these guys called up the girls that they could page like basketball players. And that, 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 it's not that much of a difference, but it's a huge difference in the eyes of the NCAA. Like, let, we're not, it, let me rephrase this. When you were in college, TJ and Trevor, um, when you went out with your buddies, like, what were you trying to do on a Friday night? You were trying to have a couple drinks, and you were trying to find yourself a nice lady of the night, right? <laughs> yes. uh, that's, that's what most college kids do, correct? I do it still. Yes. And so that's what happens on these, these official visits. And, you know, it, so, again, like, what happened is not all that uncommon, except for the fact that it involves women that were being paid by a person that was on staff at Louisville. And, and, and that is, like, that's the big thing. And so I don't know what the NCAA is going to be able to prove. My guess is that they're going to get enough where they can hand down some violations to Louisville. I would doubt that the title would come down because I don't think that there was enough there to, like, I, I guess you would have to, like, retroactively rule these guys ineligible. And I don't think there's anything there that can retroactively rule them ineligible the way that, you know, Derrick Rose's SAT scandal or whatever kind of got Memphis um, retroactive, him ruled retroactively ineligible at Memphis. I, I, and I, I don't think that Rick Pitino ends up getting fired. Or I don't think that he should get fired. And I guess that's the biggest question here, right? Is like, does this end Rick Pitino's career or his tenure at Louisville? I think that, along with does the banner come down, are the two big worst-case scenarios for Louisville fans. So, yes, that's right up there with getting the banner taken down. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that the banner is going to get taken down, and I don't think that, that Patino should be fired for this. Um, but, you know, again, all of this happened in his shot. And if they can say, you know, you gave, your staff gave out the money that was used by Andre McGee to – pay for these, um, these, these strippers, you should have known what that money was going to. I can see a situation where, you know, that ends up getting uh, Patino fired. But, you know, I, 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 would not, I don't think I would necessarily agree with it if he was fired for it. It's, it's a tough we, – again, we need to find out more facts. We need to find out what's true. But I could, and I, I like, I do like Rick Pitino. I do. And for somebody that does a Kentucky radio show to say that, you're probably going to lose Kentucky listeners. And I understand that. But if this was going on, and it's the worst case scenario we could imagine, Rob, I can't imagine him keeping his job just because it was going on underneath him, and he needs to be more observant. Uh, 
uh, you know, you don't want to compare it to all these other situations that have happened in the NCAA, but I almost feel like for all these coaches, whether it's Paterno, Roy Williams, uh, Larry Brown, but he actually was cited, and I don't know if he was cited, but he did get suspended a few games, Jim Beheim, you were king of this program. You were in charge of everything that happens. So it's like being the captain of a ship. You may have been napping when you hit a rock, but you still got to go down with your ship. And that's the thing about college athletics. So if this turns out to be the worst-case scenario, I don't see how Rick Pitino can just skate by. With so, It's such a big deal. I mean, these are underage girls. These are underage boys. This is prostitution. This isn't just drinking on campus or getting into some trouble. This is a big deal, Rob. Yeah, no, I, I and I agree with you there. I, I'm not trying to minimize it, but what I'm saying is that there's a difference between the NCAA coming down on Patino um, for having stuff happen in his shop where he's the, the, the guy that has to keep an eye on it. Like, the buck stops, stops with him. I get that. But the issue is, is it's a fireable offense if he didn't know what was going on. And if he truly didn't know what was going on, and I don't believe that he knew what was going on, because I don't think that Rick Pacino would have allowed this to go on if he knew it was happening. Um, and I don't think that if that's the case, then I don't think that he should be fired for it. I mean, if the NCAA proves it's true, he's going to get suspended for games. Like it, it, it's going to happen. Even if he cooperates, he's probably going to end up getting suspended. But I don't think that it should cost him his job. Even with what happened yeah. with Trino, even with, with what happened with you know, the whole Karen Cipher scandal, I, I don't think that this is enough to cost him his job if you can't prove that he knew what was happening. And not even prove it. Like, you can't even insinuate that he knew what was going on. Because I don't think he had any idea. Yeah, the, my, my only thing is, at that point, you just have to completely change the culture of your program, and you probably need a new face to do it. But we'll, we'll see. Last question before we let you go. We're talking with Rob Doster, NBC Sports. When we talk to you next week, do you think we'll know more about this? Do you think one way or the other it'll look better for Louisville, worse for Louisville? What will be the topic of conversation next week? And will this be picked up as a national story? It was initially, but is this going to continue to be a big deal throughout college athletics? Yes, I think it's absolutely going to be a huge deal because I think it changes the way that a lot of stuff happens at these universities. Like, real quick, the, the, the way that a, uh, an official visit normally goes, is the recruits show up on campus on like a Friday afternoon, right? They go out to dinner with the staff, yes. with their families, all that kind of stuff, right? And then the players take them out, and the coaches are allowed to give, I believe it's like $40 per player per night, um, but they're allowed to give in cash for spending money for while they're, they're on campus. But what usually happens is they give them like $300, and they say, here, go have fun. And the player's like, They'll go to a bar and they'll ball out. They'll go to a club and they'll ball out. They'll go have fun at a strip club. they get strippers. They're, they'll use the money when they, you know, to order pizzas at a frat party look like God. Like, whatever they do, like, whatever that ends up happening, like, that money comes from the coaching staff. And if the money that McGee was using comes from the coaching staff, I think that, you know, that is, um, that, that's, that's what's going to end up happening right here. Did that money come from the coaching staff? And if it did, then I think we're looking at a situation where, you know, one, there's going to be a lot of other coaching staff that are worried about where that money that they spent went. And then, two, I think you're going to see a situation where the staff could end up getting in a lot of trouble. Maybe it's an assistant, maybe it's Patino, whatever it is. But that is, if they can prove that money came from the coaches, that's going to be a bad, bad, bad thing. 
Yeah, it, it certainly will. We'll keep an eye on it. I'm sure we'll talk about it next week. Rob, thanks for coming on. I know we, we asked you last minute to do it. A lot of news going on, though. So uh, have yourself a good week, and we'll talk to you here soon. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Rob Doster, NBC Sports. Uh, he feels, a, uh, I don't know, Trevor, I could be wrong, but I feel he, he is looking at this the same way I am, that there is a lot of truth here, and there's certainly plenty to keep your eyes on. And to some degree, Louisville's going to have to own up to some of it. doesn't mean the end of the world. But this is just too much stacked up against Louisville. Man, I'm not. I'm listen. I, just because I say you have to prove, it, I, I'm not denying any of it. I'm not. I, I I don't think that she's lying about probably as you said, probably eighty ninety percent of her book is probably true. I mean, I pointed that's the Laundry McGee thing, but I just said that just to kind of show. Come on, dude, you do your diligent homework if you're gonna you know try to take out the university. At least know that the guy wasn't a four year starter. But you know, for the most part, everything she probably put in the book, I'm not. I would not be shocked if it isn't true. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. But, you know, whether it's true or not, again, you, it's how much does the University of Louisville know? Now, we can assume they knew a lot, or we can, you know, we assume they knew nothing. And I agree. I don't think Patino probably knew everything that was going on. I think McGee probably did act a little bit on his own in terms of going to get this woman. But I'm sure Patino is – I'd be surprised if Patino didn't know that there wasn't shady things going on when recruits were in town. He's, but he doesn't want to know. It's one of those type of situations where you're the head coach – you know, you've seen Blue Chips, I'm assuming, right? The movie with Nick Nolte in it? Yeah. Okay, it's a great movie. Yes. Great cheesy, one of those great cheesy movies. It's one of those things where Nick Nolte, you know, don't tell me. Just, uh, you know, coach, we're going to do, I don't want to know. Just walk, blah, 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 puts his fingers in his ears. I, I don't want to know about it because if I know about it, then I can be found guilty of knowing about it. Just just move away from me and then, you know, and, and do what needs to be done, but don't tell me about it. That type of situation for Patino. And unfortunately, it, that type of situation has come back to, bite him in his rear end in this situation well again I, we need to head to commercial break but my thing with patino is even if he doesn't know about it and that is my guess as of today it can certainly change even if he doesn't know about it if this turns out to be the worst case scenario he could absolutely still be fired despite not knowing about it and i stand by that you'd have to completely change your culture if this is going on at your university again this isn't something to take lightly i, think I don't think anybody is fired, i don't think patino, patino is I mean, a coach can be fired for this. I think he can be. I, well, well, we'll we'll table this conversation. We'll be right back here on fourteen fifty. The sports buzz. Stick around. You're listening to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. Took the restrictor plate off, give the Red Dragon a little more juice. But uh, let's keep that on the down low. It's not exactly street legal. Hey, Mike. Presented by Allen Electric. 
We're back here, 1450 of Sports Buzz, on a beautiful, Trevor, and I mean beautiful, Monday afternoon. Have you gotten out and enjoyed this weather? Well, you know I have. I came to see you today. I, I, woke, I woke up at 1 o'clock today. That's how early I got up to, to come to fit your schedule and come see you this afternoon. How's the, how's the new mic sounding? Good? Uh, yeah, you sound good. Uh, and also, I, was, uh, I wanted people to know I, was, I, I got to meet Abe for the first time today in person. Got he see, got to uh, meet him while he was barking and crying because he, he was stuck outside. He wouldn't come and let me pet him. I, I, I kind of walked up to him. I know he's a gentle dog, but I'm not going to put my hand too over the fence because he's also a dog that would probably rip my hand off. Uh, no, if he, wanted he, to. he wouldn't bite any. Well, he wouldn't bite a human. He'd bite a fly. He loves bugs. I can imagine, but he's an and also dog. squirrels. And I got to I got to see uh, Castle Walker as well today. So. Yeah, a l- little messy, but. You know, whatever. And we share. We have the same TV, so we we have something in common. Long, long, and and good weekend, sports weekend for Kentucky and Louisville fans alike. With at least on the field, with actually what was going on in terms of teams playing, uh, Louisville gets a much needed win over NC State, and then they have the red white scrimmage, which I did not watch, and then Kentucky plays Eastern Kentucky uh, in a game where. <laughs> Man, it would have been a weird show today if they would have lost that game because we wouldn't have talked much about the game. We would have still talked a lot about Louisville, but it would have just kind of been like we were deflecting and not trying to talk about it, which isn't necessarily the case. But at least they won, so we can table that discussion. We'll talk more about that as the week goes on. It's going to be a bye week for UK football, so we can talk about everything regarding the EKU game tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, until we get sick of talking about it, which will probably actually be tomorrow. Did, did the you, Auburn – did, oh, did you call that radio host and, and apologize for dismissing Western Eastern as much as you did on, on Thursday? <laughs> it was Dick Gabriel. And I couldn't remember. You told me the name, and I couldn't remember it. You don't know who Dick Gabriel is? I know, no, no, I know who Dick Gabriel is. I just couldn't remember the, the – what show it was you told me you were on that day. Yeah, it, it was it was Dick Gabriel's. It, it was his night show. And uh, I, I probably do need to. I, maybe I should just call in as like a, a listener. <laughs> do like Cal Perry did after a Cal Perry. But I really, did, I really did. That was – I actually did think Kentucky would get off to a semi-slow start. There was a lot of favors working for Eastern Kentucky in that game. Uh so I did think Kentucky would get off to a semi-slow start. I would have never, obviously, I would have never guessed it would have turned out the way that it did turn out. We will talk more about this tomorrow it again. Like they even cared until they were down 27-13. And they were like, okay, I guess we can play now. It really didn't. It didn't look like they cared. It didn't look like they were interested. It looked like they just knew they were going to win and that eventually it'd come together. And it really didn't until hot take until it did until they did buckle up and get things going. And that wasn't until five minutes left in the fourth quarter where one mistake at any point in that sequence would have cost Kentucky the game. Well, what, where does boom Williams stand at this point now? Cause it, his whole story, which isn't a huge thing, but it did get kind of pushed off the, the, off the back burner into the very back of the pile because of this little situation. But I mean, if anything, the way Louisville, the Kentucky's running game just floundered, against EKU, I mean, you almost have to think that if you're Boom Williams on the sideline at this point, you're thinking you don't want to see – I mean, I guess maybe I don't care. If, you're, if you if you can be as selfish as his image is kind of portrayed it, then maybe you do care. But you've got to be sitting there thinking with a smile on your face you're Boom Williams how you have the upper hand now watching this running game just not do anything. It almost reminded me last year of Louisville 
with with Devontae Parker when Parker went down, and I was one of them that was saying, "Oh well, if you're going to lose somebody, at least you're losing a wide receiver. We have so much good depth at wide receiver, and this and that, and we'll be okay." And we weren't okay because Parker was that much was that much better than everyone else, and made everyone around him that much better as well. And with Boom Williams, it was kind of the same thing with Kentucky. Oh, well, if we're going to lose somebody, it's a running back. We've got Kim. We've got Horton. We 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 were okay at running back, and it didn't look that like that against Eastern Kentucky. No, and again, no Spence is awesome for Eastern Kentucky. He's going to be an NFL first rounder, would be my guess. Second round, worst case well, that's, scenario. That's one guy, though. No, <laughs> Trevor, I know. There's still no excuse for how poorly Kentucky ran the ball. And Kentucky was without some offensive linemen as well. True. For the first time, I think, since, what was it, 1993, they started all freshmen on offense. Or not all freshmen, no seniors, excuse me, the other the other end of that spectrum. They started no seniors on offense. Uh, so they were without some guys up front. Still, you should be able to run on Eastern Kentucky, even if you're missing a ton of guys and they've got some good transfers. Uh, no excuse for that. Now, when you say that it puts the ball back in Stanley Booms Williams' court or he now has the advantage, and that's kind of a silly thing to say because you hope that he's learned from this, he's grown from this. Uh, it's kind of weird. He wasn't dressed on Saturday, Trevor. He Well, he was in his jersey, but he was in street clothes. But they said he wasn't suspended. So he wasn't going to play regardless. But they said he wasn't suspended because if he was suspended, he wouldn't have been out on the field. And they didn't really comment on why he didn't play. Or if they did, I haven't seen it. Yeah, the announcers basically, I mean, they kept, they would show him. And he was like, you said he had his jersey on and like sweatpants and no pads. So it was one of those, you know, obviously kind of the, the image of, of a player being injured and just going to be on the sideline due to injury, even though we, we know he's not injured. But. I mean, he obviously wasn't going to come into the game, but I don't know. I mean, I guess it was just a disciplinary. I mean, they obviously mentioned the personal, uh, you know, personal issues as why he wasn't playing, but it almost just kind of looked more like a disciplinary issue as more than anything if you were not knowing the situation and watching that game for the first time randomly on the uh, alternate SEC network, which, by the way, I didn't even know I had that channel. I had to text some UK fans and ask them where the game was because you can't, you can't, when, if you have Time Warner, in Louisville, you can't watch SEC Network on the Time Warner app, on the ESPN3 app. It's, it's blacked out for some reason in this area. So I was, I thought I wouldn't oh, even we, watch, watch the we game. We were watching it on ESPN3. Well, do you have – well, yeah, now, but I, Time Warner won't let me do it. They won't let me watch SEC Network games um, through my Time Warner uh, subscription. Because oh, I, I think because I have time, I, because they know I have it on my cable box. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we were, we were able to watch it. Uh, you hope Stanley Williams has learned a lesson and – even more so, his actions almost cost Kentucky the Eastern Kentucky game. Now, Kentucky is should hopefully realize that he is their best running back, and I'm not saying you give in to him by giving him more carries, but he should be getting more carries than anybody else. I think that goes without saying. Uh, so hopefully everybody will learn from it. He'll be back against Auburn. Everybody that was a little banged up, nicked up, they will be fine for Auburn. You have, what, 10 days before that game starts, and you put that Eastern Kentucky game in the uh, in the back of your no, not in the back of your mind. You bury it, you burn it, you get rid of it. Whatever you've got to do. Uh, I, and a lot of people are saying, well, should this change your season outlook? Should you maybe now think that six wins should be the ceiling? If that, because you still do have to beat Vandy, and I, I've always said that Vandy game is going to be tougher than people imagine. But people have said, should you change your expectations? I don't really think so. I think this is just a Kentucky team that's going to play to the level of their competition. They're going to be get up for big games. They're going to sleep through bad games. And 
you're going to see a lot more close games throughout the, the remainder of the season. I think you're going to see a close game in every one of them, with the exception of Charlotte, which this is what I said about Eastern Kentucky, so maybe not. Who knows? But uh, So they've, they've got, what, seven games left? Charlotte They're, is the first, uh, in their first year ever Division One football, or, or in football in general, so you might have a better chance of dismissing them than EKU. Yeah, <laughs> so you you have it where they've got uh, seven more games left, and I would predict six of those games are going to come right down to the wire, or Kentucky will lose. That Georgia game may not come down to the wire. You never know what's going to happen at Mississippi State and Starkville. So uh, any Kentucky win they get is going to be a close game. So you just get used to it. You get used to it. So we'll see exactly how it plays out. We're going to talk more about the X's and O's in that game tomorrow and the week that went on. And there are some positives to take away from that final five minutes for UK, regardless of who you're playing. To come back in that in that circumstance with your back against the wall, with the other team having all the momentum, is impressive, even if it is Eastern Kentucky, although it was super, super embarrassing to put yourself in that position. Uh, I do want to talk more about what Rob Doster said about Rick Pitino. I I want to keep touching on this subject, talking on uh, Louisville basketball and and what goes on from here. So, Trevor, best-case scenario for Louisville is if... Again, I find it so hard to believe that none of this would be true. But maybe if her co-author, or even if her, or even if she said, or maybe her daughters, if somebody just close to her camp said a lot of that was fabricated, it turns out a lot of this isn't true. That would probably be the best case scenario for Louisville. Do you agree? Agree, but it would be very hard to find that because I can't imagine a publishing company would go as far as they have without believing and having enough facts to find it true. Again, whether Louisville knew about it is a whole other situation, but. Because cause the, if it is, I mean, the liability lawsuits uh, as a result of that would be just, um, I mean, it would bankrupt them. I, mean, it would, I don't know how, how much money that company makes. It would bankrupt them. It, it would. It really I mean, would. It, I, they might still get hit with them anyway. But, I mean, with some of the players that are named in there, I mean, as, we, as we've seen, Terry Rozier has been very standoffish in his comments when asked about it now with the Celtics. Obviously, you have Montrez. With the uh, with the Houston Rockets and Terrence, well, bouncing around China or wherever he is right now. I mean, being mentioned as well, Russ Smith. I mean, there are guys in there that you know it, it affects them. I mean, not not necessarily what they, their career happened while they were in college, but their future in general. I mean, NBA teams don't want to you know give millions of dollars to a guy you know that has pictures of them with you know prostitutes, and let alone prostitutes, maybe even underage prostitutes. Yeah. Um... It's just, I can't, how many times this weekend, Trevor, have you just taken a step back and said, I can't believe this is happening here, locally? <laughs> I thought you were going to say how many times have I said the word prostitute in the last, like, 72 hours. <laughs> I'm, I'm more than I could, surprisingly, more than I ever thought I would, to answer that little question. But uh, stepping back, it's it, it's kind of, it's as scary as a Louisville fan because, I mean, yeah, I, I, I believe her. I mean, I, I do believe her. I mean, I'm sure she's probably not lying now. I you can deny all you want, and if you you want to be a little fan, and say oh she's making it up because she's you know a shady background, she's a shady person. Listen, I, I, that doesn't bother me. Listen, I know people are gonna lie. Honest people lie just as much as shady people do. So, I mean, I, I can imagine she's probably not lying, but I just hope it doesn't. It, it, I am worried, but not as I am. As I said earlier, I'm still not as much worried after reading the books as I was on Friday when the information came out and started leaking out piece by piece because I really just can't see how they're going to connect it with Louisville to the point where. Louisville gets damaged so much to where it hurts me as a fan of the of, of the U of basketball. 
I will never forget that Friday radio show that we had when we were literally finding out information as it was going on and reporting it to you all listening. I had said at the time that it was very strange that Pat Forty was breaking that story. And it still is strange that he was the one breaking that story. And I'd mentioned, well, maybe this won't be that big of a deal. Louisville just wanted Forty to get out in front of it because he does have a relationship with Rick Pitino. Do you think it was Louisville that chose Forty to, to kind of leak it, or do you think well, it was the well, publishing company? When we, first, when we first were going through all this on Friday, I, I thought without a doubt it was Louisville. And then even as the show went on and we were finally able to read the report and then later that night the story or the book itself – I had changed my mind. Now I've talked to more people about it. I don't think Louisville requested 40 to to leak this. I It was the publishing company that went to 40. Uh, I was told a, a little fun fact was he was supposed to release it first. He ended up not. The, or the publisher in Indianapolis released it, uh, but they were going to give Pat 40 the, the okay to release it. He was having some internet problems or connectivity problems on his computer, couldn't actually publish the story. So that's why he had those tweets, Trevor, where he didn't have any links on them. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. The tweets came out about a half an hour before the actual story did. Yeah, and there's no links on them. So we got the tweets, and then we actually got a story from the publishing company saying this book was going to be released. And then Forty sent out his link. So did they go uh, to Forty, or did they just go to Yahoo? And Forty was like, "Hey, you know, there's me, there's you know Charles Robinson, investigative guys. Let me let me be the one that does this. I've got I've got good standing with Louisville. Let me be the one that puts this out there, and not you know one of the other writers." I'm not 100 percent sure, but that would probably be my guess is that they went to maybe the publishing company called ESPN, called Yahoo, called some other big name websites. ESPN was like, "I'm not touching that with a 10 foot pole." And they, yeah, and maybe Forty said, you know what, I'm in the area. If this goes on, drags out to be a big thing, uh, I will be. It will be easier for me to cover it, and that could be exactly. Probably didn't go to what, Deadspin. What happened? Now here's again, yeah, Deadspin, yeah, but Deadspin. They probably think they didn't think they'd get as much money go, of going to like through a Deadspin or a big lead than they would going through Yahoo. I would think in the release. Yeah, Deadspin does, they sometimes do a really good job with stories like this. They get people to talk that just wouldn't talk to big-name outlets. Uh, So Deadspin could have been another idea. So uh, here's what's going to happen next. NCAA is going to start investigating everybody. Louisville's going to investigate some people. I don't know which one we'll hear back from first. Trevor, my guess would probably be Louisville. I agree with you, or I think they're going to say, yes, we found out that there were there was some wrongdoing. I don't think they're going to throw the book at themselves. I don't think they're going to say, okay, it actually turns out to be worse than we imagined, but I think they will own up to some of it. There's too much there for them to just completely say, no, nope, they're wrong. And then maybe they self-impose some stuff. I doubt they do. And then we all sit back and wait to see if the NCAA investigation matches up with Louisville. Now, if there's any... What if there's going to be some differences in that? We'll see if the NCAA found more, if they found bad things. They're going to talk to recruits, Trevor. They're going to talk to recruits that Louisville are recruiting right now. They're going to talk to VJ King, the five-star guy that is already committed. So this is they're going to NCAA is going to talk to everybody. Does that and does, does that hurt Louisville's recruiting in terms of current people that whether like VJ King committed or even talking to that they're looking into this? I mean, does that defer a recruit maybe? 
It would very it would surprise me in a big way if VJ King were to decommit. I I don't think that is a possibility of happening. I've had some sources tell me that won't happen. Uh, and the, but with other recruits, it could hang over Louisville's head, like you mentioned at the beginning of the show. This could be something that will impact Louisville negatively, like it does North Carolina. Now the only the the big difference is with North Carolina, we know something's coming. It might not be the end of the world like we had thought it would be six months ago, but we know something's going to happen. Right now with Louisville, we don't know if anything's going to happen. But if it turns out that there is a, confor- a confirmed source that says, yeah, uh, we're in the, we were in the wrong or Louisville was in the wrong, they did this, they did that, and it becomes very clear that Louisville's going to get punished in some circumstance, although we both think they're going to, it's still not official that they are. So until it becomes official or it looks very clear that they will be punished, I don't think it's going to hurt recruiting, but if that happens, it will, without a doubt, hurt it. And I guess it could already be hurting. I know Fab Mello, who picked Syracuse over Louisville, that whole Patino scandal, although that would not affect the program whatsoever, that changed his mind. He wanted to go to Louisville, and I think Louisville ended up dodging a bullet with Fab Mello as he ended up getting suspended and ruled ineligible and finishing his career by not playing the last, what, two months? So... Uh, but he ended up not going to Louisville because of that sex scandal to begin with. So I guess there could be some parents out there, Trevor, that will <laughs> hear he all chose, this stuff. Yet he chose Syracuse, who had an even worse sex scandal a few months later. <laughs> yeah. So he ended up uh, – so it could – there could be some parents. There could be some recruits that will say, it doesn't look like that's a family atmosphere that I want to be at. Again, I think that's going to be very few, if any, that will do that as we stand right now. But if it turns out that maybe a postseason ban could be in effect, that maybe a loss of scholarships, maybe a coaching, if all that stuff could be hanging over Louisville, even if it's not official, but even if it could be hanging over Louisville, you will without a doubt see recruiting take a hit. I am curious to see what details come out, uh, what is true, what isn't true. Like we've said, this is going to be a long process. I'm just curious. I, this is, correct me wrong, I, Kenny Klein just tweeted out and I quote, the point is that we weren't done installing them, and I didn't want an image like that out. And it came out of nowhere. That looks like almost like a tweet that was supposed to meant to be a text. That is, and that is, I, I just pulled it up when you said that, and that's something that uh, people are going to take pictures of. That's something that is going to be. That's because <laughs> if you look at the, if you look at his timeline, that is definitely looked like it should have been a text or a direct message. The point is, here's the tweet, Kenny Klein, Louisville's SID. The point is that we weren't done installing them and didn't want an image like that out. Huh. Uh, the, beginning of the, t- the beginning of the tweet looks like he's just saying they were getting lights installed or something along those lines, yeah. but didn't want an image like that out. I wonder not sure if the back half, that was certainly a tweet that he did not mean to send. That was a text message or a direct message yeah. that he was trying to send. Uh, everybody's on edge. Everybody's on the tip of their toes, Trevor, <laughs> thinking about this invest- investigation. So they're automatically going to think that that could be something. He hasn't tweeted in two days. Yeah, and that one comes out of nowhere. It was about the Louisville, the red-white game and everything like that. And, yeah, and I mean, usually, I mean, he's not shy to Twitter. But, yeah, there's, I, I had to, that's the first thing I thought when I saw Because I get his tweets to my phone. And I thought, okay, I didn't see any other tweet. I had to go back, and that's why I went and looked at his timeline and it made me think clearly that's – we'll see. I see how quickly this gets deleted with a sorry that wasn't supposed to be a tweet type uh, of a message. I don't think that it, it will get deleted. Or, I know it will get deleted, 
Uh, I don't think he, I wonder, I would be curious if he released a statement saying, oh, just kidding, was talking about installing my lights. But I will say this, I'm glad we brought up Kenny Klein. I was shocked to see him, I, when they were doing that press conference, and I know you were in the studio for this, and I wasn't sure how much of that you were actually able to see. I watched the whole thing, listened to it as we aired it. But, okay, so, uh, Tom Jurich was in Raleigh at the time, and he mm-hmm. flew back with all this because he had to talk to some recruits because Louisville had some decent recruits on campus last weekend. And so he was on the phone, and Kenny Klein was doing the media, basically telling ask, telling Tom Jurich what the media were asking and then relaying back what Tom Jurich was saying if it wasn't picked up by the microphone most of the time. It was, though. Uh, I have talked to Kenny Klein quite a few times covering – events at Louisville, whether it's Kentucky playing or whatever it may be. And he is a very nice guy. Yeah. Uh, very nice. He's so accommodating, so helpful. Uh, he should be in the SID, SID Hall of Fame if there is one. But, man, he looked like he was about to break down and cry on Friday. I've I've been affiliated – I've been doing, I guess, this radio thing for almost 10 years now, which is a long time. But uh, it's the most distraught I think I've ever seen Kenny. I mean, he's always looked so professional. And he's, like you said, he's, he's probably one of the nicest guys I've ever dealt with in, in working with media in terms of the university. And that's said, there's a lot of nice ones, and he's, but he's right up there at class act. And he just – he kind of looked like – he had that look like – I mean, the look he had was the look I can imagine I could see on Jurich's face that I heard in his voice during the during the interview. I mean, his voice kind of had that crackle, and, and Kenny had – I mean, he didn't have his tie on. His shirt was kind of unbuttoned a little bit. He looked like he'd maybe been through a long – obviously through a very long day, and in this case probably a long couple hours. I felt bad for him. I mean, like I said, I've never seen him kind of look that kind of befu- – not befuddled, but just distraught almost to a degree. And we had a text in the show from our buddy Big Bag Dave, who had a much better pick'em weekend this weekend, but we'll talk to him on Friday about that. He says, surveillance cameras in Minority Hall, could that be what Kenny Klein is talking about? That's that's the first thing I thought of, actually. That's I think that's that's what I assumed he's referring to, and that's the automatic assumption I would make by reading that tweet. But what would he mean by didn't want an image like that out? Uh, I don't know. And maybe by the fact that you would think kids, if you're installing cameras all over a dorm, your kids don't want to be spied on that way. I mean, you can obviously put maybe put some cameras on the front of your door, like enter, entering the building. But in terms of installing maybe surveillance or slash security, whichever way you want to word it, uh, throughout the building, that would be, you know, obviously an image coming out that would come out and says we don't trust our team and we don't trust our kids. And that's why we've got these cameras all over their dorm rooms. It's already been it's it's already been deleted. It has been already. It has been. There's been no follow up text or tweets rather, and that should if if he tweets that out this time last week, Trevor, everybody says, oh, he meant to send a a tweet about, or he said he meant to send a text to his electrician. No one would remember a thing about. No one even cared two bleeps about it. But now we are going to look into every little detail. Anything that comes out, we're reading tweets from. Uh, basketball players from years ago. Every little thing is going to be scrutinized. So while this might not be a big deal, could turn out to be nothing. Could actually turn out to be something. You just you you never really truly know. Uh, like I've said, I don't think Patino has knew about this, or when he did, I think he maybe took care of it, like you suggested, Trevor. He he told Andre McGee maybe it's time for him to get out of Louisville and to stop doing these activities when he left two years ago. Uh, but 
even if he doesn't know about it, that doesn't mean he's completely out of this scenario. It doesn't mean he can't get in trouble for it. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. I, it was weird to say, hear him say, it wasn't weird, but I, I felt it was inaccurate to hear him say he talked to the 15 players or 15 coaches and staff members. You remember that quote from him on Friday? Vaguely, yeah. I know there people were nitpicking his quotes pretty heavily, which is understandable. He, so he, um, and people are nitpicking his quotes, and this, I, I know, we shouldn't necessarily look into everything he said, but he said that he talked to the 15 staff members and coaches, and none of them knew any idea about it. He said no Kentucky fan had ever brought this up. There had been no letters. Nothing had happened, and nobody had any clue, and that was to him trying to validate that maybe this isn't true, which is crazy to me. If, if you were a coach or a grad assistant that used to work for Rick Pitino five years ago, and he calls you and says, hey, do you know anything about these prostitutes from from Andre McGee? Even if you were right there with Andre McGee throwing those $1 bills at those prostitutes, you'd say, no. <laughs> what are you talking about, Coach Patino? There's no way you would tell him anything but no. So I'm not looking into that, but yeah, you're right. We shouldn't read into every quote that was uh, that was made that day, and you shouldn't nitpick every fact in that book, like you did, Trevor, about the four-year starter with Andre McGee. But uh, you you gotta you gotta wait and see see how this plays out. There's enough there that Louisville could get in some serious trouble, or maybe it turns out some of this was made up. Louisville gets a slap on the wrist. Everybody's more careful about what they do on visits. That's another thing I wanted to say. People saying this happens everywhere. It does not happen everywhere. Do recruits sleep with girls on campuses when they officially visit? That does happen some places. But very, very rarely, if ever, are those girls paid for. Certainly by the university. This is why it's a big deal. Nick Coffey's going to talk about this from the Louisville side of things. I know he was disgusted with it on Friday. I'll be tuned in to hear what he has to say. You should do the same. Here on 1450, the sports buzz. I'll be back tomorrow, 4 o'clock. We'll see you then. Kentucky do Uncle Priest Classics, Pink Kentucky Blue. They say don't forget to seven, no be hitting two. Song call it blue, grass, song call it purple. I'ma call it home. Take a shot.